Hello and welcome to podcast number two. My name is Whitney Brer. I'm a motivational speaker. I'm a trainer. I'm an executive coach. It's my calling. It is my purpose and my passion in life to use my energy and my positive mindset to have an impact and a ripple effect on those around me so that they can create the changes they want to see in their lives. And this podcast is one platform, I hope, to enable people to do so. The title to this podcast is You're Responsible for Your Results. And for this particular podcast, you're going to need a piece of paper, maybe a journal if you have one, and a pen or a pencil, something to write with. So you can make some notes and uh, write down your ideas as you're listening. If you're in your car, keep your hands on the wheel and promise me when you get back home, you'll re-listen to this and do the work and make the notes I'm going to ask you to do in the next few minutes as we're thinking about the statement, you are responsible for your results. Okay, if you've got your stuff and you're ready to write, let's get going. I'd like to talk to you at the outset about one of the most powerful powerful, powerful forces of nature there is. It's your beliefs, your belief system, what you have chosen consciously or unconsciously to accept as the absolute truth. And and these beliefs are like invisible computer programs that run in us. And basically these programs and these belief systems that you've chosen at some point in your life, they they run your life and ultimately they get you the results that you have right now. And and these, these programs are like a master computer program in your body that ultimately later, sooner or later, determine your results and your destiny and what you get in life. And and sometimes people say to me, well, Whitney, you know, these results, uh, I got really good reasons why I didn't get them. And I say, "Mm mm-hmm, you know, there aren't really good reasons. There's only excuses. So the question is, are you getting the results in life you like to have? Or do you just have really good reasons, or as I like to call them, excuses? And if that's the case, then listen on, and I'd like to give you some ideas today on how to rethink your belief system and ultimately get the results that you like to have in life. And once again, let's redefine and think about the word belief, belief system. It's something that you know with absolute certainty that is the truth. Hands down, it's irresputable, it's the absolute truth. I'll give you an example as I was a kid, Santa Claus. <laughs> I remember being three or four or five or even a little bit older, six years old, and Christmas Eve in the U.S., staying at my Aunt Jackie's house with my three cousins, my two brothers, staying overnight, and cannot wait, wait for Santa Claus to come in the night. We literally slept in sleeping bags at the top of the stairs, waiting to hear the creak of the floorboards downstairs, knowing that Santa Claus had arrived. And all six of us, who are now fully functioning adults, (laughs) all six of us believed at that point in our life that Santa Claus existed. It was was just, it was non-debatable. So that was a belief system I held when I was six. And I've chosen now not to believe it. 
I remember when I was living in Japan, when I moved to Japan, I was a little bit surprised to look at how Japanese, the Japanese society, believe in horoscopes. And I found it fascinating. Did you know that in Japan, 125 million Japanese, when they read their horoscope, it's based on their blood type. Yes, their blood type. And according to Japanese belief system, if you have blood type A, which is about 40% of all Japanese, then your positive traits that you exhibit is that you're serious, you're neat, you're tidy, and you have structure and order. If you have blood type O, and that's about 30% according to Japanese statistics, your, your positive traits, you're easygoing, you have a top leadership ability. Hmm. Does that mean the other types don't? Hmm. Blood type B, which is 20% of Japanese, are passionate and creative. And if you have blood type AB, which is 10%, you are talented and composed. Now, if you're not living in Japan and you're not Japanese, I wonder if that belief system resonates with you. Yet here in Germany and thinking about Japan a long, long, long way from here, 125 million people more or less open the newspaper every morning and believe that. So I'd like for you to think about some of your beliefs and, and challenge them today. And I guess the, the cause and the, the start of this particular podcast was a discussion I had about two weeks ago when I was with a client in the U.S. sitting in a coaching situation. And this particular employee had received really, really bad feedback from his employees about his leadership style. And after listening to about 25 employees detox for over an hour and complain about him, I asked him at the end, I said, so what's the real problem with so-and-so? Let's just name him Tom. I'll just create a name. Let's, what's, the, what's the problem with Tom? And for all the Toms listening out there, I apologize. I'm not talking about you. And they said, well, at the end, it boils down to his voice. It's how he tells us to do what we're supposed to do here in production. I said, his voice? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's dominating. It, it gets on our nerves. It, sound, it makes us feel like second-class citizens, one guy said. And the other guy said, oh, it makes me feel like a peasant to him. I said, whoa. Yeah, it's just loud and booming. It's demanding. It's pushy. And if he would just work on his voice, it would really help a lot. I said, okay, that's, that's, that's doable. And about a day later, I sat down with Tom in a one-to-one -one feedback session. And I gave him this feedback about his voice. And he looked at me, just, he couldn't believe it. He said, Whitney, it's my voice. It just comes out of my mouth. I can't control it at all. It's just the way it is. So looks like we have a problem because I can't change. It's my voice. It comes out of my mouth. I can't control it. I can't change it. It is the way it is. That was Tom's belief system. And I challenged Tom for well over a half an hour and he didn't budge. I couldn't crack that belief system. He was totally convinced that his voice is the way it is and there was no way to change it. Your belief system, now please write down the word belief if you've got a pencil and a piece of paper, 
just jot down the word belief. And now draw an arrow. This is kind of a formula to the right. To the next word, thoughts. Your beliefs that you have about yourself, not just about Santa Claus or your blood type, your beliefs you hold about yourselves lead to your thoughts. If I believe, for example, I'm a bad presenter, and sometimes when I do rhetoric trainings and I'm working with people, they come and they say, Whitney, I'm a really bad presenter. I, I just can't, I can't give a presentation, especially without PowerPoint. Oh, I can't, I can't do that. Whitney, I, I'm not good with money. I, I can't, I can't, I can't work with money. Uh, Whitney, I'm a bad leader. I hear in coachings. Whitney, I have no patience. I'm a poor listener. I'm a bad mother. I'm a bad father. Hmm. What do all these people believe about themselves? And what do you believe about yourself? And what beliefs do you have which are possibly holding you back? Yesterday, someone told me, this person said to me in a, in, a, in a meeting, he said, Whitney, I'm just not a good leader. I'm not a natural born leader. And I said, oh, you're not a good leader. No. And when you think about not being a good leader, what thoughts come to your mind? And this is the word thoughts. And he said to me, yeah, well, I just, I, I just fail. I see myself like not being patient. I, 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 I think that I just can't do it. It's not learnable. I fail too many times. And I said, okay, when you think these thoughts that you choose to think, what feelings arise in your body? And that's the next word for you to write down. You've got the word belief, beliefs, they lead to your thoughts, and now they lead to your feelings. And he said, well, when I, I think about being a bad leader and think about how many times I've failed and think about me not being able to listen and not being able to give or ask for feedback, oh, I, I feel frustrated. Yeah, I feel, I feel like a loser. Yeah, I, sometimes when I'm leading meetings, I just start to sweat because I'm so nervous. I feel nervous leading employee dialogues and, and development talks. I said, okay, when you feel nervous and frustrated, you feel like a loser, you feel scared, scared you're not gonna be able to do it. And he nodded his head. What behaviors follow? And that's your next word to write down. Now you've got in this chain here, beliefs lead to thoughts, thoughts lead to feelings, and your feelings lead to your behaviors. And he said, well, I see myself like losing my patience in meetings. Sometimes people are just too slow. They don't get to the point. And, and see, I told you already, I don't have patience. I said, mm, that's what you already told me. If you choose to believe it, then that's what you choose to believe. What other behaviors do you have? Well, yeah, I, I keep postponing these development dialogues. I said, why? 
Yeah, because I'm not a good listener and I don't feel really prepared and I don't know how to ask all these really clever coaching questions. Mm -hmm. And that leads to what kind of results? That's your next word to write down after behavior results. Well, well then see, I told you, they also get frustrated in their, in their development dialogues and then I get bad feedback in our 360 degree feedback or annual surveys. And I see that our meetings don't stay on track. We're way behind schedule or I cut somebody off and they think I'm rude. And see, I told you I'm a bad leader. Hmm. I proved it. And this whole cycle here, this vicious cycle is what psychologists like to call a confirmed bias. A confirmed bias in simple language means, see, I told you I was right. And I looked at Tom with this, I'm not a good leader. And I said, can we, can I challenge that? Can we kind of rethink that belief system? Because consciously or unconsciously, you've chosen Tom to think that about yourself. He said, well, for example, what? And I said, okay, try this. I'm getting better every day. Ah, he said, this doesn't really work for me. Any other suggestions, he asked? Leadership is learnable. Leadership is figureoutable. Leadership is figureoutable. Figureoutable, to quote from Marie Forleo. Figureoutable. That's a great word. Yeah, I said it's a great word. Thank you, Marie. <laughs> Leadership is figureoutable. Hmm. Implying I can learn it. Implying, he said, there's a learning curve. It's not about being perfect. It's just about trying it. I said, right. So I said, Tom, if you say to yourself, now sit upright and get your shoulders back, Tom, and say to yourself, leadership is figureoutable. And he laughed. And I said, um, what thoughts do you have? And he said, I, 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 I'm thinking about hope. There's hope involved. I, I think I could do it. I think I might have some setbacks, but I think that's part of the challenge. And I love a challenge. I love challenges. There's nothing worse than routine. So leadership is figureoutable, leads to hope, inspiration. Also knowing that setbacks and maybe small failures are set ups for the future. And when you think these thoughts, Tom, how do you feel? And he said, he said upright, and he said, inspired, ready to go, ready to schedule those development dialogues I've been putting off for the last 12 months for coming Monday. And I thought, hallelujah. And when you have those feelings, Tom, and you go into your next development dialogue or, or you go into your next team meeting, what kind of behaviors are you going to exhibit and he said, you know, I think I'm going to be a lot more self-confident. And I'm going to learn to smile at some of my mistakes and maybe ask for forgiveness. And I thought, oh, amen. <laughs> and Tom, when you do that and you walk in with this whole different attitude and a set of different behaviors, what results do you think you're going to get? And he said, I think that leadership is learnable. It's doable. 
that I'll reach it. And that maybe I need to understand that leadership, learning to be a leader is a marathon and not a sprint. And even in 10 years from now, I still won't be perfect, but I'll learn to reflect on my setbacks and get better each time. And I said, you know, Tom, it's a little bit like that quote from Henry Ford. Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. So what are you thinking about? And where, where have those beliefs you have come from? You know, when we were born and came out into this world, our bodies and our minds were like kind of a clean slate, a sponge waiting to absorb everything around us. And we did. We took on secondhand beliefs, some of us, passed on by well-meaning parents and grandparents and school teachers and scout leaders and bus drivers, clergy, pastors, people who shaped us in our childhood growing up. Now, please don't blame any of these people for your past and for the beliefs you hold today because their intentions were positive, they were well-meaning, and they were doing the very best they could back then. And it's not time now to bear a grudge or to start with finger pointing. But as an adult now to say, okay, I might be wearing some secondhand beliefs, like secondhand clothes, and maybe it's time to take them off and choose something different to wear and to believe in for myself. I'll never forget when I was in the fourth grade. We had a substitute teacher in school. Our teacher was out ill for the week and she was having problems reading the um, attendance list as she was calling out names. She couldn't read the handwriting of the teacher. And I, she asked me to come up and look at some of the names and help her pronounce them. So I scooted to the front and I looked at the roster and I showed her the names and she pronounced them and uh, called attendance. But I noticed next to three of the names, the, the initials B.A., and I remember in the lunch break, I came up to her and I said, uh, Miss Johnson, I have a question. Next to three of the names in the roster there this morning, I saw the initials B.A. What does that stand for? And what she said, probably even today, is, has changed my life. And she said, oh, oh, that's, that's clear. That stands for bad attitude. I said, what? Yeah, it's, it, these three kids have very bad attitudes and we just are, we're warned in advance so we know how to deal with them. As a fourth grader, I probably didn't wrap my head around that statement as I do now as a mother of two, two young men who are now 20. And I thought, oh, these kids were already labeled and these teachers and even substitute teachers and, and they passed these rosters down from class to class over the years. I wonder if these kids even had a chance. They were already labeled with a bad attitude and treated that way and they probably lived up to those expectations. Or someone recently asked me in India in a training and he said, well, what if I know I'm absolute certain that someone on my team is just stupid? He doesn't get it. Maybe he's a loser and I just know it. And I looked at him and I said, well, the question is, what have you chosen to believe about him? What if you choose to believe something different? So your environment where you've grown up has shaped your beliefs, like secondhand clothes, 
you might take some time after this podcast just to reflect on that and decide it's time to take those off and put on something new, something more stylish that fits you. What else has impacted your belief system? Well, experiences you've had in the past, positive and negative, they add up and they make you who you are. I think one of my strongest beliefs that I carry with me is the belief that hard work pays off. And this belief was formed in the ninth grade. When I was nominated to take an IQ test to qualify for a gifted and talented program at the high school I was at. I didn't pass. I mean, my IQ was not high enough to qualify for this gifted and talented program. And I remember sitting outside while the counselor was talking to my mom, explaining these results. And she said, no, your daughter's IQ technically does not qualify for this gifted and talent program, but we're letting her in anyway. I remember my mother saying, why? And And the counselor told her, because she works hard. She works hard at everything she does. And at the end, this will get her far, far further in life than anybody with a high IQ who doesn't have the willpower to do it, to implement their, their dreams. Hard work pays off. And that, that belief just hit me. And it stuck to me. And it's something I still believe today. So what experiences have you had in the past, good or bad? Which ones would you like to let go of and choose to accept new ones for? Other beliefs might come from role models and examples you've seen, witnessing another person doing it. Roger Bannister in 1954 was the first person to run a mile in less than four minutes. Everybody thought it was impossible. You can't run a mile in less than four minutes. Do you know that's the standard today by which all male athletes are measured? Do you know that 1,400 male athletes as of today have broken that record? It's even less than what Roger Bannister did in 1954. Hmm. Maybe it's visions. Kennedy's space race. Be, to, to have a, to be the first nation, the U.S., to put a man on the moon. Hmm. He truly believed it could be done. And you might want to write this down. Beliefs are thoughts you just keep thinking. And thoughts that you, you have chosen to be true. And these form your confirmation bias. Once again, these are things that you have chosen to be true. And they lead to this bias, which is a C. I told you I was right. And just as you have chosen to believe something, you can also choose, you can choose to let it go now. There's no ball or chain holding you down. Nobody with a gun to your head saying, believe it, believe it, believe it. You have to believe it. And I think it's up to you now to decide which beliefs are hurting you, which beliefs are helping you, and maybe which beliefs are hurting other people that you come in contact with. What do you believe about your coworkers, about your employees, about your neighbors, about your husband, your wife, your children? 
people in your church, in your community? What have you chosen to believe about yourself? And what have you chosen to believe about others? My challenge is for you today to rethink those beliefs. Rethink them. Because just as you have chosen to believe them, you can choose not to. Just like Santa Claus when I was six years old. Or blood types in Japan. Or I can't control my voice. It's just coming out of my mouth. Pooh. That gets him the results he's getting, which are miserable, miserable, and leading to high fluctuation, high sick days in his team, etc. But yet there's no willpower there to break that belief. So as you go out into the world today and come in contact with people, rethink your beliefs, write them down, go through this chain. Beliefs form your thoughts, they form your feelings, that gets you your behavior, and that gets you your results. Have a good one. Looking forward to the next podcast with you. And thank you again so much for taking your time to listen today. If you'd like further support or more information about trainings and coachings and keynote speeches that I do, please contact me at www.whitneybrayer.com. There's a contact site there and other podcasts, other information about me, and we'd love to help you any way we can. And have a great day.